Blog Talk Radio. on Friday, January the 5th, and as we're doing our first show of the year regarding uh, uh, the upcoming Senate races, we are getting together tonight with our friend uh, Barry Castleman, the Prairie Editor, and uh, we want to say a very happy new year to our friend Barry. How are you, Barry? Happy new year. Thank you. Happy new year to you, and congratulations on the birth of your grandchild, the fifth grandchild to bear the name Sylvia, a fifth generation to bear the name Silvio Canto. Isn't that amazing? You know, I, I'm sitting here like, you know, I knew that it was coming in the sense that, I mean, we've been expecting the baby for months, obviously, of course. But I'm, now that it's here, it, I think it's amazing. I mean, I really do. I, I'm sitting around saying, now I cannot wait until the next one, number six. Hopefully I can make it to number six, you know? Yes. That would be sure so much fun. Thank you. But I, I it, it's just, it, yeah, it is. It's a tremendous feeling to, uh, it's a great honor, really, to my grandfather and my father, who started all of this. So uh, interesting. I got to tell you a little thing about my, uh, my grandfather, uh, and you'll appreciate this because you lived in Spain. He was born in Cuba in 1892, which means he was born in Cuba when it was a Spanish colony. Isn't that something? So he was actually born in a Spanish colony before Cuban independence. I, you know, that's a real trivial thing, real trivial, uh, you know, a real trivia question now, Barry. Yes. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Okay. I know that in the past we have had several conversations about the U.S. Senate. And the U.S. Senate is once again, uh, there will be an election in November, and the Senate is going to be a big part of it. And you just wrote an article about this, talking about the different seats and the different possibilities and how it can go one way or another. So why don't we sort of go state by state, and you can pick the state, and then I'll ask you some questions as, as you as – you, uh, as you talk about it, okay? So let me, I'll just give you the opportunity. So go ahead and start with what, what you, with whatever. Well, we'll do it alphabetically. All uh, right. As you know, there are 30, 33 or 34 seats up and 20, I believe 22 or 23 are Democrats and only 11 are Republican. And of the Republican seats, only two are even considered vulnerable, whereas Eight or nine of the Democratic seats are are very very vulnerable. Now I want to start with that. Record, but let me just just ask you a very quick question: Which of the two Republican seats uh, are you hearing that are vulnerable? 
Well, there's only one I think is vulnerable, and that's your own state of Texas. And then the other one is Florida, but I don't believe Florida is really uh, at play. Uh, it's a really become a pretty much a Republican state, and whether it's either DeSantis or Trump, they're both from Florida, and the Republican, I think, will carry Florida. And with respect so, uh, to Texas, what you're hearing is that Ted Cruz is uh, is vulnerable uh, against uh, 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 Representative Alvarez. That's what that's what the the, the pundits are saying. I don't okay. think so. I don't think so either. I but think, I'm not saying he's going to win. Uh, I don't think he's going to win like Senator Cornyn was reelected a few years ago or Governor Abbott, who were both reelected by 13, 14 points. I don't think it'll be like that. But my guess is it's going to be between five to seven points. But, you know, that's where I am in January. Uh, but I don't think Ted Cruz is as strong a candidate as Senator Cornyn was. That's my point. Right. Anyway, anyway let me so, start with Arizona. Go ahead. With Arizona. And Arizona is definitely in play. It may be a three-way race because the incumbent Kristen Cinema is now an independent, and the Democrat is going to be Congressman Gallego, and I believe the Republican will be Kerry Lake, who almost won the governorship in 2022. And the current polls have Lake slightly ahead. I think it's very too close to call, but I think it's a, definitely a pickup possibility, especially if Sistema is in the race as a third candidate. Um, the next one I would pick is Michigan. Um, uh, Michigan is an open seat. Uh, the incumbent is retiring, Debbie Stabenow. And um, uh, the, again, the, the Republican, the Democrat is ahead in the polls. That will probably be Elisa Slotkin, uh, who's a congresswoman. And she's going to be opposed by a former congressman and a, and a major player when he was in Congress, Mike Rogers. Right, and right. I think Good that, name. And uh, yeah, that's, good uh, I think there's a slight, the Democrat is a, is a slight favorite, but it's definitely uh, in play. Let me, ask you is, a question about, let me ask you a question about Michigan, because in the last two elections for the Senate, there was a wonderful Republican candidate. I think it was John James. Uh, yes. He, obviously, he's not running again, but. Whatever happened to him? Do you know? Uh, is he still interested in politics? I'm... He's in. He's in Congress. He's in Congress. Okay. All right. So Michigan, you would say leaning, leaning Democrat at this point. Yes, but definitely in play. In play. Okay. All right. And then, and the next one is a real prime take takeover pickup seat for Republicans. It's Montana. John Tester is the incumbent. That's a state that Trump and the Republicans carry by double digits. 
Tester is a very good candidate. He's like the incumbent in Ohio, where the senator represents a state that was carried by the Republicans in the presidential election. But the Republicans are going to nominate Tim Sheehy, I believe. He is he might be opposed by um, uh, Matt Rosendale, who ran last time, but who did very did not do well, and is associated with a more extreme wing of the Republican Party. And the uh, the Senate committee is supporting she. And I've met him and seen him in action. He's a very, very strong candidate. And I think that is a toss-up, but definitely a potential pick-up seat for the Republicans. Now, the Republican the next- candidate, Barry, let me just ask you a question. The Republican candidate that... Uh, that you're talking about is the decorated veteran, right? The, yes. the one who may be running. Okay, that, because I've been following his campaign, and he's a very impressive guy. You're right. And then there's Nevada, another toss-up state. The incumbent, Jackie Rosen, has very low numbers for an incumbent, and she's going to be opposed by another uh veteran, Sam Brown, who was grievously wounded in combat and still bears the scars. But again, he was here, he was here and I had a chance to interview him and another very impressive candidate. And that's a toss-up. But I think, this, again, this is another, this is one of the most likely uh, Republican pickups. Speaking of Nevada, there was a wonderful. Uh, let me just let me just get this one in real quickly. There was a great uh, senatorial candidate the last time, who lost a uh, very close election in Nevada. Uh, the fellow whose father was in was in the Reagan. It was in the Senate, I think. It was also at one time considered to be Reagan's vice president. I remember, and whose name I cannot remember right now. But he was a great candidate. Unfortunately. He lost by a point, I think, to the to the incumbent senator. But I think that uh, it looks better. Uh, the incumbent last time, Democrat incumbent, had better better numbers than does okay. Rosen. Good. All right. So this one looks uh, shifting, better. Okay. Shifting to Ohio, there again, the like John Tester in Montana, the Democratic incumbent is very very has been very successful, but he's really got a serious challenge this time, although the Republicans have three candidates in the primary. And um, it could be one, it could be uh, uh, Matt Dolan, uh, Bernie Marino, or uh, um, LaRose, Frank LaRose. Um, Trump has endorsed Marino, but any of the three of them are are strong. And uh, um, again, this is another race, leaning Democratic, definitely, especially if if the presidential race shapes up this way, uh, becoming um, a very close race. The next race is Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. 
my old home state, and there the Republicans are avoiding the problem last time. The man who almost won the Republican nomination is now going to be the nominee, David McCormick, who's a very successful businessman and can self-fund, and he has no real opponent in the primary. Um, the, the incumbent, Bob Casey, has a very distinguished name. His father was governor, and he himself was, uh, I believe, was governor and is now a U.S. senator in his third term. But Pennsylvania has become, is definitely a purple state and may even go Republican this, 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 this cycle, especially because the administration, the Biden administration, has been so negative to the, the miners and those who, who, who have jobs in Western Pennsylvania, which is usually Democratic, but I think will now go Republican. So this, again, is a very close race. A slight green as the incumbent is a slight favorite, but definitely a, a very close race. Um, the next one I have here is West Virginia, and that race is probably over. The governor, John, Joe Manchin, excuse me, the governor is... Um, Morrissey, isn't he the, the governor right now, Morrissey? Jim Justice is a very popular governor. Okay, Justice. And, again, yeah, right. and, and he is opposed, and Ma Manchin withdrew, is now probably going to run for president on the no-labels ticket. And Manchin was even way behind Justice. So Justice has an opponent in the primary, but uh, he's going to win that. And that seat is pretty much conceded now to be a Republican pickup. By the way, Barry, if I could just say this about West Virginia, if Senator Manchin runs for president, and I think you're right, he probably will, uh, then he may re resign the Senate, which would then... Uh, basically make the Senate 50-50 again because he would be replaced by a Republican appointed by the governor. He may appoint himself. So that would well, make things very interesting in the Senate because it would be back to 50-50 again, uh, Barry. Right. And the last one I have is Wisconsin, where, again, you have a Democratic incumbent, and she's clearly ahead because – the Republicans really don't have an opponent. Uh, there's a couple of candidates, Scott Meyer and David Clark, but no one yet has emerged as a strong, very strong opponent to Tammy Baldwin. And so that, although that's pot definitely potential, because I think that is definitely at play in the presidential race, and there may be a pickup of a Republican congressman in that state. But as of now, the Democrats, that's definitely lean Democratic, and we'll have to wait until the August 13th primary, which is a very late primary, till we find out who the Republican is. So that race is definitely potential, but very, very unsettled at this point.
So that's my analysis. Well, yeah. Now I'm keeping score here. In, in a, I'm just kind of keeping score here. Basically, it could end up 50-50 if these, if the Democrats were able to hold, you know, Arizona, Montana, and Ohio, uh, 50-50 because of West Virginia, assuming no Republican losses, and I, I don't think there will be, but that would be 50-50 if they only flip West Virginia. Uh, of course, there could be more if they're able to flip Arizona, Montana, and Ohio. Well, they're gonna, Sylvia, they're going to win at least one or two, maybe three or four, maybe even five of those seats I mentioned. Okay, all stands. right. So there's going to be a pickup, and there will be uh, – there's also the situation in Utah where Mitt Romney, who is although a Republican, and, and of course Cox's was Republicans, but he's been a, a very unreliable conservative vote in the Senate. That, he, he will be replaced – that's a very Republican state. So the Republican who replaces him will be much more conservative. So that amounts to a, a sort of a, a half pickup. That Most people aren't noticing that, but I, I wanted to call your attention to it. Now, the, the one that I, that, of the ones that are, you know, contested, I really like Pennsylvania flipping because I think McCormick is an excellent candidate. And in fact, had McCormick been the nominee in 2022, I really feel he would have won that election. Uh, it's a shame that he lost the primary to the the doctor, whatever his name is, because I thought he was a much stronger candidate. Now, the one thing I'll say about Arizona, I'm not sure that Carrie Lake would be my strongest candidate there. Because she does have a lot, a lot of issues that people I mean. She's kind of a controversial figure. That's what I mean to say, Barry. Well, she is, but she's polling stronger than any other Republican. Okay. Well, then that that would be interesting because if that's a three-way race, she could win with less than fifty percent of the vote if uh, if Cinema uh, and Callejo, I think that's his name. Uh, split the the liberal vote. I mean, she could get in with forty six, forty seven percent of the vote. Then that would be a that's pickup she, if that happened. The current polls. That's exactly what she's doing. Okay. All right. All right. So that's that's good. That's good. Uh, Montana is an interesting case because my gut feeling tells me that it should flip, but somehow Tester has pulled these out three in a row. He's pulled out. I mean, he certainly knows how to campaign in Montana, Barry. Well, it's like Sherrod Brown. They're they're anomalies. They're successful in states that are heavily Republican. But this may be the the year, the cycle, that they don't pull it off. Because I think there's a a sense of mood out here uh, all over, leaning towards the Republican. Now, that can change. Right, right. Anything can happen as you well know. And uh, as it stands now, I think the prospects for the Republicans in the Senate are actually stronger than they are in the House, where they now have a narrow role. Right, exactly. In the House, I think they're down to three. 
uh, pending whatever happens with uh, Representative McCarthy's seat. I don't know much about that district. Uh, do you think he will be replaced by a Republican in that district? Replaced by his chief of staff. The race to watch is the George Santos seat, which is going to be okay. up very shortly. And what and are you hearing about a, that seat? Well, there's a Republican candidate who's very strong. Okay. And so the, I, I, originally everyone thought the Democrats would take it back, but now I'm not so sure. Right. Yes, I think the candidate who's running for DeSant, for Santos' seat is uh, is a there's some I think he's Jewish, right? Jewish American, I believe. He's a black Jewish American woman. Okay. All right. Yeah, I I haven't kept up with that race, but I've I've heard some I've seen some notes that she's a very good candidate. Uh, so that's so you you believe at this stage of the game again we're talking ten months ahead eleven months well ten months ahead that the Republicans have a chance to pick up one two perhaps three seats maybe more but certainly one two or three seats in November Barry yes okay now how important uh, in some of these states is the presidential race going to be? Uh, because it, it, I look at the presidential race and I see the popular vote is going to be fairly close. Uh, now, if Robert Kennedy leaves his mark, it could be different. I don't know. But how important well, is I the president? Go ahead. Go ahead, Barry. Well, the chairman of the Senate campaign committee, who's the senior senator from well, the junior senator from from. Um, from Montana has been very, very effective. And on the problems that they had in 2022, when they nominated weak candidates and former President Trump got involved in campaigns and didn't help, that's not gonna happen this time. Uh, essentially, Trump is staying out of most of the Senate races. And meanwhile, they have recruited very strong candidates in almost every race. Notable exceptions are Wisconsin, uh, uh, where we don't know who's going to be the nominee, and we don't know for sure who's going to be the nominee in Ohio. But as you, as we've agreed, in Pennsylvania, Nevada, Arizona, uh, Montana. The Republicans have very strong candidates. So it's a complete difference from 2022. And there's, of course, a presidential race. So with with whoever the Republican is at the top of the ticket, that's going to mean a lot in Ohio and, and in Montana and maybe even in Nevada and Arizona. And... Um, the, the the presidential race will not be a problem and could be a help. Now, anything can happen, but uh, we don't know where, the, where this is going. We don't know really who the nominees are at this point. I've right. long believed that President Biden will not be the nominee of his party. Mm-hmm. And, uh, although it is looking more and more that President Trump Former President Trump 
will be his nominee. But we don't know. Right. For sure. Iowa Precinct Caucus is only two weeks away. Right. No, I agree. I, I agree with you about about President Biden. Uh, I, I don't believe he's going to be the nominee either. I, I don't think Democrats want him to be the nominee. I mean, I don't think it's so much what we Republicans want is what the Democrats don't want him very. Well, that's true. Yeah. And I think that that's what you're going to see. Again, this is just my prediction for whatever it's worth. But I think as we get closer to the convention, he will announce that he's not running. And then the convention will pick his successor. And again, this is all speculation, I know. But his successor, I believe, is very likely to be Governor Newsom from California. That's what, where I think the party is moving. And uh, But, again, that's just pure, pure speculation on my part. And I've been wrong many times before, Barry. So I, I could be wrong again. Right. Well, we don't know. I'm, I'm not speculating about the presidential election. I think the yeah. Senate election is the strongest. You can make the strongest case for Republican success in the Senate elections. As I pointed out, the House is a little iffy at this point on the presidential election. Is We're in uncharted territory. We don't know where that's going. Right. Now, one last question. Uh, do you have any other states? or I, I, Do you have any others that you want to bring up? Not really. Okay. There, no, because a, I was going to – I just wanted to, to say something about Texas. Uh, in Texas, as you know, we have two candidates for the Democrat primary, a uh, senator, state senator Rodriguez and a U.S. House member, uh, uh, his first name escapes me at the moment, but Allred. Neither one of them are that well known in the state. Uh, they're both fairly new to the to state politics. They're well known in their districts, but they're not that well known across the state. I think the last time around, Beto O'Rourke did a much better job of promoting himself that these two men are doing, Barry. That's just my opinion. And that's why I, I, I think Cruz will be reelected, not by a landslide, five to seven points, uh, not like Senator Cornyn or Governor Abbott were reelected. Cruz has problems, but I think he will be reelected, Barry. Right. Yeah. Now, down in Florida, you feel pretty comfortable then with Senator Scott. I was a bit concerned about him because that was a very close election the last time. Well, but the state is, he won't win by a landslide, as you point out, and it's going to happen in Texas, not going to happen in Texas. But it's a, definitely a Republican state these days. And I think Scott doesn't have a really strong opponent at this point. Right. Right. There's a lady who I've seen some of her uh, notes on, on, on the Internet that she's running against them, but I don't think they, she's that well known. Uh, the problem in Texas, and I would assume it's the same problem in Florida, it's that it's a very big state. There's a lot of geography. And in Texas, in order to win, you have to compete in Houston, and I'm talking about television, in Houston, in Dallas, San Antonio, Austin. It's basically the same thing. And then, of course, in El Paso. So those are three of the top 
well, Houston and Dallas are two of the top five television markets, I think. So it's very expensive to run this. And Beto O'Rourke, the last time, got so much money from the outside that he was able to compete. Because I think in 2018, the Democrats thought they could beat Cruz. But I'm not sure with all these other seats they're going to have to defend uh, Barry, that they're going to put a lot of money in Texas. That's just my gut feeling, Barry. Right. I think you're right. Yeah. So anyway, well, thank you so much for uh, your input. And I'd like to check with you maybe in, a, in, a, in two or three months and see where we stand. But I like your outlook. I mean, I, I would be very happy if the Republicans were able to pick up two or three seats. I'd be very happy with two or three. Any more than that, of course, would be great. But I'd love to have two or three at least just to have a majority because there may be some Supreme Court appointment coming up. And I would love to have the Senate when that happens, Barry. Right. Anything else that you wanted to say about the Senate or the overall political situation in the country? No, it's just it's, everything is. We haven't we're, we haven't had any votes cast. It will be sh- right. shortly. Uh, we have to be ready for surprises. Yes. Nothing is nothing is certain in this particular. Nothing is ever certain, but nothing is even very likely at this point in any in anything. Uh, this is a very unusual cycle. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Well, I look forward to our next chat. It'll be hopefully sometime like in April, just as the baseball season gets started. So we'll have uh, that to talk about as well. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Barry. It's always a great honor to, to chat with you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Good night. Our good friend, uh, Barry Castleman, the Prairie Editor. Take a break and we'll be right back. Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas. What a great conversation with our friend uh, Barry Castleman. Always loved chatting with him about uh, politics and especially his expertise on the U.S. Senate election. I think what Barry said tonight is something very important uh, for those of us who want to win the Senate. As I said, it's very important to win the Senate because you you can lose the House. I mean, I like to have both, of course. But if you lose the House, The House cannot do anything without the Senate. And if you control the Senate, not only do you have a way of stopping the House, but you also have the way of you've got the judges and you've got the Supreme Court and you've got through the appointments to the cabinet. So you've got a lot of strength when you have a majority in the Senate. And I think in 2022, we should have won the Senate. We just had some bad candidates, some bad candidates. New Hampshire, where we should have been able to win. Uh, Pennsylvania really stands out. I was never sold on Herschel Walker in Georgia. I'm sorry. He's a nice guy. I know he's a very nice person, but I was never sold on him uh, as a candidate. So I think we could have had better candidates there, and I think we would have won a majority 
in uh, in the Senate, but uh, it didn't happen. But at least uh, according to what Barry is saying, we've learned our lesson, and uh, we are putting together a very strong team of candidates. And if you've got strong candidates in this political year with a presidential election, uh, yeah, you can win some of these seats, and that's uh, that's what we need to be doing. We've got to get the U.S. Senate back. I mean, that to me is absolutely critical. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Sylvia Picasso in Dallas, and we will talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.